The second annual Elite Technique Hurdle Camp is on February 10th at UND. Chris Norris is part of the Norris family that have won five state championships in hurdle races. Chris has coached hurdles since 1988 with 10 state champions between Indiana and Nevada, including four since 2018. Come learn from seasoned coaches on techniques for being successful. See the Indiana Runner message board or Indiana Runner front page for more details. Indiana Runner Podcast Season 7, Episode 3. Taylor Marshall and I talk about the five boys' field events heading into 2024. Cue the Taylor Marshall drop. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall. We are continuing with our track and field previews. We're moving on to the boys' field events. Five different events uh most of them have about half of the medalists returning more or less and some returning individual state champions ready to jump into it let's jump in do you like what i did there high jump elliot riba a senior from greenfield central is the top returner he was second at the state meet and has the best clearance whenever we're reading uh, performances, it's based on the best one, not necessarily the state meet. A lot of these did happen at the state meet uh, in these events, but didn't necessarily have to have been there. So uh, Elliot cleared 6-10, which is puts him a, a decent ways uh, above the rest of the field. Caden Collins, a senior from Danville, fifth at the state meet, 6-7 is his best clearance. Lante Ward, junior, uh, at Lutheran, and these are the grades that they're in right now, not what they were last year, obviously. Uh, six of the state meet, best clearance of six feet, eight inches. Ethan Weidenhofer, uh, senior, Fort Wayne Homestead, seventh of the state meet, uh, cleared six seven. Caden Lark, junior from Lebanon, eighth of the state meet, cleared six seven. And then throw in one more. We talked about him a lot last year because we saw him jump on multiple occasions. Jordan Randall, Going into his sophomore year at Warsaw, didn't score at the state meet, wasn't on the podium, six feet, nine inches as a sophomore, as a freshman, rather. Right. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot more about him again this year, right? He's the he's the big name to watch in this event. Um, he was the second best or is the second best returner in the state. Obviously, the state meet wasn't his best day uh, last spring, but he jumped, as you said, six, nine um, he could very much hit that seven foot mark potentially this year. So I suspect he will be in the running at the state meet, made it as a freshman. So really exciting name to watch from up north. I wouldn't call him the favorite because Riba was second last year at the state meet and has a better clearance. But then it's like this in many events, all events, all of sports going from your freshman year to the sophomore year, there tends to be a big leap in performance, a, a big improvement because yeah. you're learning how to do these things. He's learning how to manage the meets. He's learning how to manage his own emotions or any, any freshman to sophomore year. Uh, and I wonder if that could happen here for Randall. Here's the other thing to think about with him and his, you know, talk about managing emotions, learning this and that, you know, the technical aspect of the high jump, I don't know about Greenfield Central situation or Riba in general, what he might have access to uh, on the east side of Indianapolis, but Warsaw's got a wonderful indoor facility. 
Mm-hmm. And you got to think that Randall spent a lot of time in there uh, this off season, particularly in the winter, uh, putting in the work, learning the technical aspects of the jump, continuing to get better. So he's got at least that uh, I see as an advantage, um, not to say others don't have access to that, but just one more reason why uh, he's a big name to watch. So last year at the state meet, 6-6 medal got you into the top nine. And maybe some people jump six six and didn't get onto the podium because of tiebreakers and it's based on previous number of misses and a lot of things like that. I listed six boys there, and then an additional six boys also cleared six six at some point. Some years, even six four ends up on the podium. Is it just hard to jump your best at the state meet? Why is that? You know, it feels like it might be that. And maybe it's the pressure on in that meet. You know, it, one thing we didn't talk about with the girls' field event previews, but is certainly uh, certainly applies to both boys and girls here. Uh, high jump and pole vault are pretty unique, Colin, in the fact that uh, you typically end on a failure, right? You almost always end on a failure in that event. Um, whereas, you know, maybe you don't sprint your best time or, you know, you don't have your best 3,200 or what have you. Uh, but you know, you, you're probably going to go out on typically three misses. Um, so it's kind of a different mentality, I would say with those events and, you know, maybe there's pressure and then you talk about the tiebreakers and falling back from there. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe there's something about the state meet makes it that much more difficult. Well, you mentioned the pole vault and that's our next event, five returning medalists in the vault, just as there were in the high jump. Eli Griffin from Homestead, second last year at the state meet, 15-6 is his best clearance during the season. Lincoln Holsey, a senior from LaVille, third at the state meet, 15 feet, and I believe he cleared that at state. Ethan Smith, a senior from Cherubusco. Cherubusco had a very good track team last year. Uh, Six at the state meet, that's a very small school in northern Indiana. 14 feet, 9 inches. Jalen Wolcott a senior from Brownsburg, a team we're going to talk about a lot on the boys' side here among the various uh, event groups. Jalen was eighth at the state meet, cleared 15 feet at one point. Peyton McQuinn, senior, Hamilton Heights, ninth at the state meet, but had the second best clearance of any returners uh, when he went over 15-4 during the season, not at the state meet. Threw another couple guys in here based on uh, either clearance or maybe even team title. Implications, Aiden Hudspeth, Senior from Frankfurt, 15 feet. Uh, Connor Langsford going into his junior year, Hamilton Southeastern. They they could potentially get into the mix. He cleared 14 feet, six inches. This is an event, two things I want to talk about. This is an event that clearly is a specialty event. Um, and the top six are all seniors. It takes a while to kind of learn how to do that. Although we've seen some... Uh, I don't, legacy generational uh, guys that were that were good and maybe meddled all four years. Yeah, and usually that's like like a family talent kind of thing, right? right. I mean, yeah, older siblings uh, were good at this, and they are also you know getting that same kind of coaching and training. So you mentioned Walcott already about the team title implications. Maybe Langsford from HSC. Uh, you talked about McQuinn being the second best returner in the state, just maybe not on that day. Um, you know, interesting right there. But like you said, senior heavy field, it it will seem. Is this the hardest event in track and field? Not not like 
physically grueling, but just the toughest one to to be good in or to get good kids in it continuously, it's, consistently? It's probably the event that's most dependent on good coaching, right? Um, you know, if, if you are a sprinter or a distance runner, um, you know, and, and you're at this kind of state meet level, uh, you could very well be, you know, what I might call idiot proof, right? Like your coach may not necessarily know what he or she is doing, but you know, you've got talent and you can just kind of run fast and get there. But with the pole vault, that seems to be very technical. Um, you know, they're far, you know, it seems like we have fewer and fewer coaches each year who, who can do it and know how to do it. And, uh, we talked about the growth of maybe some of the club aspect to it on the girls side. So we won't get into it here, but, um, it certainly seems to be difficult in the sense that you got to have someone who knows how to do it and put the time in to teach you and the, uh, facilities to do it year round. And like you said, that's just, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas these other events, the ones that we're going to get into, the field events take the most coaching in terms of technique because, you know, hurdles, even the sprints, there's some distance, there's people that make a big deal about what it is or people maybe trying to inflate their own self-worth. Um, but you need, especially in the vault, because the vault and, and the throws, there's there's certainly a safety aspect to it. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep them safe out there when they're jumping 15, 16, 17 feet in the air. Long jump. Uh, this is our most returning medalist of any of these five events. There are six of them. Um, and we can talk about the, uh, the inconsistency, the variance, maybe from meet to meet. Uh, Elijah Coker, senior from Penn, was third at the state meet last year, uh, 23 feet, seven and three quarters of an inch. John Anthony Hall going into his junior year, maybe title implications here. Uh, he goes to Fisher's. Fourth of the state meet, 23 feet, one inch. Michael Griffith, senior from Hamilton Southeastern. Fifth of the state meet, 23 feet, one and three quarters of an inch. And then some guys in here that just jumped their best at the state meet. Maybe they weren't the sixth best jumper all year, but they did it at the right time. Kirk Connect, senior from Greenfield. Sixth of the state meet, 22 feet, five and three quarters of an inch. Alex Iyasu, from Brownsburg, a senior, eighth at the state meet, 22 feet, two and a quarter of an inch. Robert Nabiu, a senior from South Bend Riley, ninth at the state meet, 22 feet, 11 and three quarters of an inch. A couple guys that didn't get on the podium worth mentioning. Uh, Terrell Caldwell, senior from Calumet, 23 feet, three and a quarter of an inch. Josh Berry, also a very good sprinter, senior from Lake Central. Lake Central's got two very good sprinters. Uh, and he jumped 22 feet, nine inches, 22, one and a half of an inch was ninth last year at the state meet the last medals, 16 boys eclipsed that last spring. So do you think this is the, maybe the most, we talked about the high jump, but is this the most inconsistent event for the state meet? Uh, you know, that one's tough to, to think about. That's it's certainly possible. Uh, if we dig through those results, you know, one thing to consider here might be, particularly the state meet, like, you know, the workload, right? I mean, the type of uh, athlete that excels in the long jump, you have to be fast, you have to be explosive. And, you know, typically those athletes are involved in multiple events. Maybe they made it in the, in the sprints, maybe they're, you know, in the hurdles, right? Have you made the participating a leg on the relay or two? So, you know, maybe it has something to do with the, the workload there. 
the the pits are different, right? You talk to long jumpers and, you know, the pits are a little bit different uh, at each location. Um, I can think of a central Indiana track that has a pit that's known for um, people having a lot of success on it. And then maybe that success isn't seen elsewhere. Um, so just not to say there's anything wrong with that location. You don't, you don't like want to, you don't want to say what school it is, but is it in the Southeastern portion of Hamilton County? It, it may be located somewhere, not too far from our undisclosed locations, but, um, you know, that's fine. There's, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that, you know, often kids jump really well at certain spots and then maybe that's the time and you know, don't really see that replication again. Um, so I, I think the difference in the pit, it means something. Is IU known for having maybe a tougher venue in long jump, or is it just more inconsistent? Is there something different from the surface that we the kids haven't seen all year jumping in high school places? You know, that's a great question. I, I don't know. Um, maybe there is something different. I, the, the one thing I think we, we know is different um, at IU in terms of long jump is the how close the spectators are. I mean, they're right on you. And mm -hmm. not not to say that may may or may not, I don't know, maybe that factors in, maybe it doesn't. Whereas often your long jumpers are kind of removed. I mean, a lot of yeah. high school tracks have long jump um along the uh you know north or south end zone. Um and or you know, whichever way the field faces, but you know even outside, like like well outside the track at Carmel. I'm trying to think where it is it north central. It's in yeah. that kind of upper end it, zone, right? Yeah, in upper, upper end zone, you know, Lafayette Jeff, for example, has theirs outside the track as well. Um, not quite as far away as Carmel's, but still in, in the similar, you're not inside the track itself. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, some of that could could factor in and play, play, play a role. Can we even pick a favorite then in this event or is this, this one seems like it's really up for grabs? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily have a favorite here, but you have six returning medalists um, from last spring. Uh, without naming names, Colin, how many of those six do you think will uh, repeat and be on the stand again? Yeah, maybe, maybe three or four. Three it's or just four. it's it's tough to do from year to year based on that, like that variance or that inconsistency. Now, the same individual, Elijah Coker, having the best state meet placing and the best distance all year is meaningful. Yeah. I didn't look through it enough. I think that state meet that the 23, seven and three quarters of an inch, I think that was from the state meet. So I don't know if he was consistently that good, um, but he seems to be a little bit, a little bit farther ahead. And then, you know, Hall from Fishers, Griffith at HSC, Iasu at Brownsburg, those could be big state meet points, but we yeah. talked about this on the girls too. Uh, Warren was, was really in for the, the team title chances and they needed a good performances in the long jump from there too. And they got it, but right. this is one event that's really, really tough to be counting on for your, for your title chances. Now, you know, Fishers and, and Brownsburg who are, probably that among the two favorites or are the two favorites. Um, it'll be a couple of weeks now until we get to those team title races. They've also got stuff in very consistent events, very secure events with, with their distance runners or Brownsburg's got, you know, two or three of the best sprinters in the state. Right. Last thing before we move on from long jump. Yes. Coker's jump came from the state meet. 
but also maybe that's meaningful because he has proven that he can jump well when it matters the most. Maybe yeah. he loves the maybe he loves the pit at in Bloomington. Maybe that is his Laverne Gibson. Yeah, there you go. I hope so. Shot put. This one has the least returning medalists. Luke Himes from Heritage Christian, a senior, was the state champion last year, 66 feet and seven inches. Seamus Malosky, a senior from Crown Point, eighth in the shot, and we're going to talk about him in the disc, 60 feet and seven inches. And then four others of note, Nylon Brown, senior at Ben Davis, seems like they've always got some good throwers there, 61 feet, seven and half of an inch. Dane Siebert, a senior from Eastside, 59 feet, nine inches. Brock Conrad, Jr. from Floyd Central, uh, 58 feet, three inches. Zach Worm, Sr., Adam Central, 56 feet and six inches. So this is kind of an open event, but this also seems like the one that seem, that is the most secure up front with Himes, who won last year and has a huge margin on the rest of the field. Yeah, I wrote down that I believe Himes to be the heaviest favorite and uh, certainly in any of the field events, but I think maybe across, let's call it all 32 events, boys and girls combined. Can you think of one boy? Yeah, I'm kind of going through the, the checklist now in my, in my mind. Um, he seems if, to have, we're going to do 32 and we're going to do relays. The one that comes to mind right away would be Brownsburg's four by one. Okay. Good point. But Brownsburg's got to get that. They, they shouldn't have any problems. I mean, they have by far the best four by one. They have three of those four back, including yeah. three stars. Right. Three like top five in their event or events and the best sprinter in the state. So yes, they should win. But a mishap in the four by one, much more likely than a mishap in the shot. Where you have three attempts. Which, which is maybe plus. the most consistent. Like I put this in the, the notes too to talk about. Is it a sneakily inconsistent event? And maybe it is, but it also seems to be the most sure of any of the field events. Yeah. Because you get three throws. So it's not it's not like running in the hundred or the hurdles where it's just one shot at it. You get three of them. And in Pine's case, like I don't know if he's a if he glides or, or if he's rotational or what, but like if he gets to the point early on and he's done two fouls or whatever, he could just stand there and throw it to get to the finals. Right. Right. Buy himself three more throws there. So I think he's probably the, the head, well, at least, okay, good Brownsburg four by one. I like that. Certainly in terms of an individual event, if we cut out the relays, then let's say I, in my mind, Himes is the most secure, um, not just in terms of what the event uh, dictates, but his own ability uh, within that event. So, you know, he might be his favorite. Maybe on the boys' side, the two biggest individual favorites are in both of the throws. Could yeah, and, could be. and the biggest challenger to each of them is the other each one other. in yeah. their secondary event. Yeah, how fun is that? Himes could move to number two all time this year uh, in Indiana. I don't think he'll quite uh, catch Tucker Smith, but I I believe he could be number two uh, in Indiana history, just over so, seven. Just over seventy feet is the record. Uh, well, he, he, I think, um, excuse me, I think Himes could get uh, just over seven, uh, over 70. Brandon Pounds a second at 68 feet, 11 and a quarter inch. Himes sits third all time. Mm -hmm. uh, Tucker Smith from a couple of years ago, 72 feet and a half inch. Um, so, 
So Himes, Himes last year threw 66-7. And then Miloski threw 60 feet 7 inches. At and Nylon state. Brown at the state meet, right? Yeah. So his best tosses at the state meet. And his best toss in the disc was at the state meet. And that was a good time to have that as well. Uh, Nylon Brown from Ben Davis, 61 feet 7 and, and half of an inch. In Last year, there were two studs, two well ahead of the field, right? With uh, Himes and Wilson. Wilson has since graduated. Isn't it typically like 60 feet is going to put you into the mix to to medal? Sure. I'm sorry, not to medal, but to win. Win, to win. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting 60 feet. You're you're in the conversation to win. I think we're seeing, you know, much like we're kind of seeing on the track as well, we're seeing some really strong uh, performances in our state the past several years in the field events. But for for track and even really maybe for for long jump and pole vault, right? The speed events, the speed field events. You can trace it back to the shoes, certainly in distance. I don't know if the shoe technology has really gotten there for the explosive events the way it has for distance. There's no denying in the distance. I mean, it might be like 410 to get ninth this year in the 1600. What's what's the reason in the throws? What's the reason in the shot? It can't be, it can't be the shoes. I mean, maybe that helps a little bit, but it can't help the way it's helped kids in the 3200. This is a great question. If someone out there knows, we'd love to hear about it. So it would be to go from 66 feet to just over 70 feet. I mean, we think that's a, that's too big of a job. Well, he, he threw uh, last year, 67 feet, 10 inches. So, you know, could he possibly get to 70 maybe, but I think he could jump Brandon pounds and take second all time. I don't, you know, but he only needs to throw pushing 69 feet to make that happen. And I say only, but you know, he's, he's throwing uh, upwards of over 60 feet already uh, back in December of this season. So why not? And he, you know, he was active early and was throwing close to 60 feet. I think in like December, January of last year, he's ahead of those marks now. Right. And clearly has a good, I, I don't, we don't know anything about progression of, training and how to improve over the course of the season in in a throwing event but clearly he's got a good plan because he was throwing six seven eight feet farther later in the season i believe he's coached by his dad who has a collegiate throwing background um and possibly an older brother may have thrown collegiately as well so um the family knows quite a bit about what they're doing in that arena do we know where he's going next year i have not seen that no I haven't either. Uh, well, let's move on. We're going to talk about a lot of the same boys here because they are similar events. The discus, the discus tied with long jump, six returning medalists. Seamus Malosky, uh, senior from Crown Point, who was eighth, second returner in the shot. He was the state champion. He waited until the state meet and threw it 187 feet and eight inches. Oof. Finn Esley, a senior at Zionsville, was second at the state meet, 178 feet and two inches. Damian Shanklin, junior at Warren. Warren, like Ben Davis, tends to have a lot of good throwers. Fourth at the state meet, 174 feet, three inches. Luke Himes, fifth at the state in the disc, 173 feet, 11 inches. Josiah Bird, senior, Hamilton Southeastern, eighth, 167 feet, one inch. 
And then we mentioned him as a potential medalist in the shot. He was a medalist in the disc. Dane Siebert, senior from East Side, ninth at the state meet, 175-10. Throwing in another couple guys here for good measure. A uh, few guys, that is. Mason Moulton, senior, Yorktown, 174 feet, 8 inches. Denton Jacobs, senior from Mooresville, 168 feet, 3 inches. Ivan Lynch, senior from Bloomington South, who has a very, very good senior class. They had a bunch of star kind of freshmen who have like made it to the state meet, I think, all four years. Uh, 166 feet and six inches. Could we see a double event winner between the two throws? I think that's unlikely. It's certainly possible, but I, I don't see that as uh, as probable in the sense that you know, I, I think Himes, as I've said earlier, is is the going away favorite and shot put, and Molaski is, uh, you know, maybe not uh, overwhelmingly the favorite, but certainly is in the driver's seat uh, to repeat his title from last year. Um, so possible, but but not likely. The exciting thing in this event, Colin, we might see uh, at some point this year, maybe not the state meet, but could be. At some point, we might see our first 200-foot-plus throw since the year 2013. I mean, 200 is really getting out there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so we haven't seen – again, it's been, you know, at that point, it would be about 11 years or 11 years on it. So, um, you know, I think we've, we see – uh, Molaski over 188 feet last spring. Um, Finn Esley from Zionsville, 178 plus feet. Uh, a little bit more to give there, but you know, could could we see someone over 200 if the they pop one off? The wind's right. Why not? If we were to see a double winner, we think it's more likely Himes wins the disc than Molaski wins the shot. Yeah, I think that's a more likely scenario than either one of them winning both. I mean, percentage-wise, Himes much closer to Miloski in the disc than they are to each other in the in the shot. Correct. So Miloski goes to the state meet and throws his best in both events. Is there is there periodization of of training like there is in the distance races? Is it good coaching? Is it random? How do you how do you judge that? How do you discern what what's repeatable this year based on what we saw last year? Well, I think that some of it is is the coaching aspect, right? We talked about Himes and his his great coach. Um, I think some of it is the experience and the progression that happens as you get older, stronger, and you develop more technique in the discus, and then. You know, I think some of it is is the mentality of being able to handle uh, performing in the discus, either doing really well, like winning as you're expected to, or a surprise win. And then shortly after, 20, 30 minutes is a very tight turnaround by the time. In fact, usually shot put gets underway right before discus is wrapped up. Um, you got to go out there and you got to compete again. So having that short memory to be able to refocus and uh, either – uh, put aside a, a strong performance or shake off a tough one and get back out there. I think that's, you know, that's something that, um, you know, needs to be coached as well. And you mentioned the long jump is just kind of in a different place and the crowds right there. The discus is the same way too, because every single high school, the track goes around the football field. Yeah. But not in Indiana, not at IU. 
because right. it's right in the middle. And so, and it's starting before the rest of the meat starts, which is different than basically any other meat. So everyone is watching at that point. And yeah. There's I mean, something to look at right there and cheer on those guys and girls when they're competing before, you know, about was about 90 minutes or so before the four bay begins hour 15, some along those lines. Yep. And Bloomington's venue for the disc is known to be especially tough. It's a very slick surface. That's often why you see maybe their performances dip at the state meet, you know, kids who throw uh, at one level throughout the tournament to get there often, not always, but often they don't hit those marks or close to, and that's because the surface is so different um, than anywhere else. It's very, very slick. So last year was a historic year in the shot, but yeah. now only two of those athletes are coming back. And I still think we'll see a stronger, like if we take the average of the last 25 years, this year will be stronger than average since, let's say since the turn of the century in the shot. But with six returning medalists, in the disc, it seems like maybe this is the year of the disc. Yeah, I would say so. Again, six returning medalists, uh, you know, mostly upperclassmen uh, who will go through and push each other. A lot of seniors in that list that you mentioned. Um, so this, again, um, maybe similar to pole vault is a senior heavy event, mixture of uh, strength and uh, technicality and patience, uh, developing the skills over time. So this would be a really fun one as well. And again, possibly over 200 feet at some point. Well, we're going to switch over and uh, we're releasing these kind of over the course of time, although we're uh, recording them a little peek behind the curtain in a, in a tighter time frame to get these going, especially as we're writing up these uh, outlines and thinking about it. We're going to switch over to the Patreon. That is a, a subscription podcast that we have mainly talking about coaching stuff and uh, just whatever's going on now. And you can listen to that. It's a free seven-day trial. Uh, and then it's $5 a month, or there's a pretty substantial yearly benefit if you're interested. Uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Indiana Runner. Taylor and I are going to talk about uh, starting coaching, uh, starting distance practices in, in December, January, what you do, and then maybe get into some more miscellaneous things like we've been talking about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for coming on and I will see you on the Patreon. Here we go. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They're my little guys. I love them.